0: We want to talk about the urgent issue of life after death, and can we be sure what happens when we die? The Bible says actually there are three phases to our existence. This life, although it's short, is very important because the decisions in this life determine what happens, our eternal destiny. Well there's this life, and then when our, at death our spirit leaves our body, and then we go into what's called the intermediate state. This is when we exist as a spirit without a body. That isn't God's intention that God made us to have a body, but we'll be in that state for a temporary state for a time until the time of our resurrection. And then at our resurrection, our spirit is reunited to our body and God gives us an everlasting body. In this life, our body is a bit like a tent. We put off that tent when we die. We exist apart from a body. And then at the resurrection, we receive a house, a permanent body. And whether you're a believer or an unbeliever makes a huge difference at your death. Ecclesiastes 11.3 says that whichever way a tree falls, when it falls, it stays in that place. Whether it's pointing to the south or to the north. And the north is used as the direction of God, the direction of heaven. And so it basically says, when a man dies, it's like a tree falling. And if he's pointing to the north when he dies, to God, then he will be in that state forever. But if he dies outside of God, in a state of unrighteousness, if he dies in his sins... If he hasn't accepted Christ as his righteousness, then he dies and he's pointing away from God and that's how he'll be for all eternity. So this life is so important, so important that we are ready for that time when we will cross over into eternity. And so I want to share about these things because they are urgent for us to be ready for death, but also to be stirred up to share the gospel because there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to We've been looking at the fact that um, before the cross, believers or, and unbelievers went down to a place called Hades or Sheol, a place under the earth, the place for departed spirits. And, but the believers and unbelievers went to, to two different compartments. The story that Jesus told in Luke 16 about the rich man and Lazarus really illustrates that perfectly. Um, it describes the state of things before the cross, because Jesus made a difference when he died and rose again. talked about this rich man who died. He was an unbeliever. And when he died, he found himself in torments, in a place of punishment, in Hades, in this place under the earth. And the beggar died as well, but he was a believer. And the rich man actually lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. So the believers went to a different compartment called Abraham's bosom, also paradise, because Jesus said to the thief on the cross, didn't he, you will be with me in paradise. That's where believers went after death, a place called paradise, the king's garden. And so notice before the cross, You know, They both went down, but there was a separate compartment for believers and unbelievers. And the believer's compartment was higher up because the unbeliever had to look up to see Abraham. But nevertheless, they could communicate. They could see one another. They could even communicate. So they're in the same realm. The believer is not in heaven. Then they would be out of communication range altogether. And so we see that believers didn't go to heaven before the cross. They went to this place called paradise under the earth. And then the rich man says, you know, please uh, send Lazarus to me so that he could uh, minister to me and give me some water because I'm burning up in this, in this flame, so it's a place of punishment. And Abraham basically answers and says, I'm sorry, that's not possible. He says in verse 26, there is a great gulf fixed between us that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. This great gulf fixed between them is also known as the abyss or the bottomless pit. And that's the prison under the earth for demons and fallen angels. And so we see at least three compartments now of Hades. And the the urgent point to make here is that Lazarus was in a place of comfort in Abraham's bosom. But the unbeliever was in a place of punishment. And it was impossible now to change places. It was impossible to cross that gulf. In other words, at death, you have by death, you have made your final decision. It's too late now to change. It's too late to repent. It's not possible. But it's interesting that in the Old Testament times all went down to Hades. Um, the reason for that is that before Jesus died and rose again, and brought in the new covenant it was impossible to be born again and Jesus said in John 3 you must be born again otherwise you can't see the kingdom of God you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you are born of water and of the spirit that is born of the water of your mother's womb and born of the spirit he says what is born of the flesh is flesh what's born of the spirit is spirit you must be born again in other words you need to receive the new birth of your spirit To go into the kingdom of God. So before the cross and the resurrection, nobody could be born again. And that's why nobody went to heaven. Jesus said as much in John 3.13. He said, no one has ascended into heaven but he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. So no, no man's spirit was perfect and could go to heaven. And that's why Jesus said about John the Baptist that although he was the greatest of all those who had come before... That's Matthew eleven eleven. He said, He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. So now, the least one who is born again now is actually greater than John the Baptist because John the Baptist died before the cross. He wasn't born again. And so, but something dramatically changed through Jesus' death and resurrection. I want to share that with you. Yes, those who died before the cross they were saved because the work of the cross was applied to them and it says that Abraham believed and it was imputed to him for righteousness. He was legally righteous before God. His sins were forgiven but he didn't have the imparted righteousness that comes through the new birth. In other words when we receive Christ now that he is risen from the dead We are put in Christ, and his resurrection life is applied to our spirit, and we are made alive together with Christ. We're raised with Christ, praise God, and we are born again. And that means we're new creations in Christ. We're we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. And that means when we die now, um, our spirits can go straight to heaven, because our spirits have been made perfect in Christ. That wasn't true before. That was made available through Christ's resurrection. Because Peter starts his letter by saying, you are born again through the resurrection of Christ. And Hebrews 11 lists the Old Testament heroes of faith. And, and, but then it concludes in verse 39, saying that these had all obtained a good testimony through faith, but they did not receive the promise. And the promise in the context is the promise of heaven, the city above, the new Jerusalem. They didn't receive it when they died. And he explains in verse 40 why. God having provided something better for us. In the new covenant, we have something better. Because through the new birth, we go to heaven when we die. It says that they should not be made perfect apart from us. In other words, they weren't made perfect. Um, They had to wait for, for the new covenant to be made perfect. And they were made perfect after Jesus' resurrection, and they couldn't go to heaven until then. So now they are in heaven, because Hebrews goes on in chapter 12 to describe the inhabitants of heaven. In verse 22 he says, You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, there's bunches of angels in heaven, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, and to spirits of righteous men made perfect. Now, the church saints are in heaven. Notice, it says the firstborn, church of the firstborn, registered in heaven. That's us. When we're born again, we're registered in heaven. But there's another group called the spirits of righteous men made perfect. And that's the Old Testament saints, you see. Because they were counted as righteous, but they were only made perfect when they received the new birth when Jesus rose from the dead. So, by his death and resurrection, establishing the new covenant, Jesus brought in a major change. You know, he prophesied that when he announced the church. In Matthew 16, 18, he said, On this rock, he was pointing to himself, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Remember what Hades was? It's the invisible realm under the earth. He's basically saying that the prison gates of Hades would not prevail over us in the new covenant. In other words, Hades no longer has a right to over a believer's spirit, to hold it in its clutches. When we die, we won't go through the gates of Hades. Praise God, like the Old Testament saints, but rather we will go up to heaven. Man was under the power of Hades and death. Hades took the soul, death took the body. But Jesus conquered Hades and death. Remember he said, I have the keys of Hades and death. Praise God. But he's already released us out of the power of Hades. And when we're resurrected, we'll be released out of the power of death too. So when Jesus, you see, was resurrected, he was made alive. One of the things he did is he went to paradise as he promised the thief on the cross. He said, I'll, I'll see you in paradise. And he went there to preach the gospel to them and take all the believers to heaven. And that's what 1 Peter 4.6 tells us. The gospel has been preached even to those who were dead. So to the believers in Hades who died, the gospel was preached to them that though they were judged in the flesh as men, they might live in the spirit according to God. In other words, they were when they died, they were judged as men in Adam. And so they had to go to Hades. But when they believed the gospel, when Jesus said, I am the Son of God, I'm the Messiah, I've died for your sins, I'm risen from the dead, um, they believed him, of course, and they were put in Christ and they were born again. Their spirits received the life of God, that resurrection life, and then they were able to go up to heaven at the time of his resurrection. And so he went to paradise and he emptied paradise and he took paradise up to heaven and um, paradise they were already expecting his arrival can you imagine joseph uh, jesus as it were father father adopted father he told them all about his conception his birth his childhood how perfect he was as a boy and then john the baptist would have said all about his baptism and his miracles and then lazarus stayed for four days there, and then suddenly all paradise heard Jesus call down, Lazarus, come, come forth. And they knew the Messiah was on the scene. And then finally the thief on the cross would have arrived and told them about the crucifixion. And when Jesus rose then out of Hades, they were, there was great excitement in paradise, and they took, he took the righteous dead with them. And that's what Ephesians says, that when Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive. Those in captivity were the souls in paradise. Yes, it was okay place, but it wasn't heaven. He took them in a grand triumphant procession. He took them up, after the resurrection, into heaven. And that's why paradise now is not located in Hades under the earth. Paradise is located in the third heaven. And we find that from Paul's own experience, I believe, when Paul was stoned to death. He actually left his body and he went up to heaven. And he talks about it in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2 to 4. He says, I know a man in Christ. I think he's talking about himself. 14 years ago, he said, was caught up, not down. He went up to the third heaven. He was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible words. So he died. He left his body. But instead of going down to Hades, he was caught up to the third heaven. You know, the first heaven is the atmosphere. The second heaven is outer space. The third heaven is the place of God's special presence, where his throne is, where the new Jerusalem is. And that's where Paul was caught up. So that tells us that paradise is now located, in, been re- relocated to heaven. So believers who die now, they don't go through the gates of Hades. They go up to heaven. Hallelujah. And so that's good news. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, when you die, You'll leave your body and you'll go straight to be with the Lord in heaven. Thanks be to Jesus for his wonderful salvation. I want to tell you a story about uh, a man called Morris Rawlings that really stirred my heart when I heard about it. He's written a few books about uh, life after death. He was a doctor. He wasn't a believer. He'd been to Sunday school. And uh, he was treating someone um, who on an exercise machine... And looking after his heart and this man had a heart attack right in front of him as he was exercising and this man died and because he was a heart doctor he was right there he was able to resuscitate him and bring him back and the guy had was absolutely scared he said, "I've gone to hell please tell me how can I escape going to hell and Morris he said don't I'm not I'm not a religious person I I I don't know, that's not my job. And then it happened again. He died again. And again, Morris brought him back. And again, in this terrified voice, he said, please tell me, what can I do? What can I pray? Not to go to that place. And Morris Rawlings, he didn't know what to do, but he remembered a prayer from Sunday school about asking Jesus into your heart. And says, well, just say, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins. And the guy did, he prayed that prayer. And then he died again. And he went down. Uh, sorry, and, and he left his body. But this time when Morris brought him back, a third time he brought him back to life. This time the man was beaming. He said, oh, I went to a wonderful place. And, and that's all that he thought about it. In the meantime, uh, Morris, become a Christian. But he heard that this man was giving a testament, his testimony. So he thought, well, I'll go along and hear his testimony. And as he told the testimony, he told about this wonderful fact that he died and he went to this glorious place, heaven. But he didn't talk about his experience at hell at all. And so Morris went up to him afterwards and he said, well, why didn't you talk about hell as well? You know, that's interesting too. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, Sorry what are you talking about?" He said, don't you remember? You went to... I brought you back two times. He said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Maurice Rawlings realised, and he realised why a lot of people talk about going to heaven, not so many stories about hell. There are, obviously, but not so many. And he realised that, that, that this man had blocked it out. It was so terrible, so awful, that he had blocked it out of his thinking completely. And he couldn't even remember It's a way that the human psychology protects itself. And that's why he realized that many people who had been to hell had actually blocked it out of their memory because it was just too awful to even think about. And he realized that he got that man because he was right there when he died. So it was before that uh, defense mechanism had kicked in. And so he realized then that actually, as well as heaven being real, There is a place called hell that is real. There is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. And we shouldn't be afraid of warning people about that fact. Even though it may not be a pleasant thing to talk about. I want to talk about what happens now when believers die. You know, death is not the end. It's simply the separation of our spirit from our body. It's when our spirit, as it were, it's like at the end of the day, I put off my, my clothes. Uh, and at the end of our life, it's like we put off our clothes, our body that is clothes our spirit. But we continue to exist. In, in fact, 2 Corinthians 5.8 talks about death being, being absent from the body. We're still alive, but we are absent from the body. We continue to exist as a spirit. Paul talks about, he says, my departure is at hand, which means at death we depart our body. 2 Peter 1. Peter says, while I am in this tent, in this body, I want to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that soon I, my spirit, must put off my body, my tent. And so the real us is the spirit, and we live in our body. But we need to make sure we're ready, that we're headed in the right direction, that our eternal destiny is with God, not with Satan in the lake of fire. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says, We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. This shows that when we leave our body, we don't cease existing, but we go straight into the presence of God who's in heaven. So believers go to heaven when they die, because through the resurrection, Jesus made that possible. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For if I live in the flesh, it's for the fruit of my labour, but what I choose, what I'll choose, I know not. I'm torn between the two, with a desire to depart, depart this body, and to be with Christ, which is far better. So he doesn't say that when you die you go into some kind of coma or sleep. No you go to be with Christ, which is far better, far more intense experience of the presence of God than than we can even imagine right now. Revelation 14, 13 says that the dead in Christ are in a state of rest as they await their eternal rewards. Because it's when they're resurrected, we stand before the judgment seat of Christ and that's when we receive our eternal rewards. So, We are in a state of rest, of waiting after death until the time of resurrection. It says, write that blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labours and their works follow them. In other words, the good works you do in the Lord will follow you and they will be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ and that will determine the degree of glory you will have in eternity. So we, as believers, we have a wonderful hope. An exciting hope. When we leave our body, we'll be in the presence of God, in a state of blissful happiness, of rest. In the book of Revelation, we see martyrs a number of times who've died. And where are they? They're in heaven. And so believers don't go down to Hades, they go up to heaven. But what about the unbelievers? But for unbelievers, they still go down to Hades. If they've rejected Christ in their life, if they've ignored him even, they've said no to him, I want to do it my way, then they will go down to Hades to a place of punishment. It's called torments. They've been found guilty. And now they, all they can do is wait in that holding cell until they're resurrected. Revelation 20 says that they'll be resurrected and they will stand before the great white throne. All those who stand before the great white throne, they're described as being the dead. They're resurrected, but they're still called the dead because they're spiritually dead. They've rejected the work of Christ. They're not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They stand before the great white throne and then their their works are judged. And the degree of their rejection of God that's shown in their life will determine the degree of their punishment in the lake of fire. And then they are sentenced into the lake of fire. The present situation for unbelievers who die is 2 Peter two nine. It says, The Lord knows how to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. So unbelievers who die, they go to a place of punishment in Hades. And they are waiting now the day of judgment. The day of judgment is at the end of time. It's the great white throne. And then they'll be resurrected. And then they will be judged and they will receive their final sentencing into the lake of fire. So the court system has two phases. First of all, at death is the initial judgment that determines whether you're guilty or innocent. Are you in Christ or, and his righteousness or in your sins? But then the second judgment is to determine the deg- your sentencing. The degree of reward if you're believers, and the degree of your punishment if you're unrighteous. So this is serious stuff. When people die in a state of unrighteousness, in their sins, because they're trusting in themselves, they are judged as guilty at death and their spirit is sent down to Hades. And now they have lost their last chance to repent. They can't change the situation anymore. It's desperate. All they can look forward to is punishment. We must tell the gospel to people. We must tell them that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You know, the present place of punishment, it's bad enough in Hades, but it's just a place of punishment for their spirits, for their spirit and souls. But the final punishment is worse, because that is a place not just of punishment of the soul, but also of the body. Remember Jesus said, don't fear man who can kill your body but he can't kill your soul your soul lives on but fear God who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell and when he used the word hell there it's the word Gehenna which is the equivalent of the lake of fire that Hades is a place of punishment for the soul but the lake of fire Gehenna is a place of punishment for the soul and the body because Again, they are resurrected at the end of time, given a permanent body, and then they go soul and body into that place of final punishment called Gehenna. And so that is a terrifying thought. Jesus talked about it in the parable of the sheep and the goats. He said to the goats in Matthew 25, 46, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. That's the lake of fire. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, verse 46. But the righteous will go into everlasting life. There's only two possible destinies for every man and woman. Either a state of everlasting life and blessedness in the presence of God because they've accepted Christ as their Saviour and Lord. Or a place of everlasting punishment and fire for those who reject Christ and his offer of salvation. Every man's destiny is fixed at the time of his death. So we must share the gospel with people before it's too late. We need to tell them that if you accept Christ, you can receive his forgiveness and his righteousness, and you won't be condemned. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But you've got to make that decision in your life. You can't go to heaven by accident. You must accept Christ now and then you have a future and a hope for all eternity. Put your trust in Christ. Give yourself to Him in Jesus' name. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford.